success leaves clues. If someone has done very well financially for decade after decade, they're not lucky. They're doing something different. You can pick up a lot of ideas just by watching. Get around successful people and watch. Here's why. Success leaves clues. Hello, everybody. What's up? Thank you so much for joining us today to another episode of Success Leave Clues. Today, I got a very special guest with me, Christina Orlova. How are you, my dear? Hi, Paz. I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me. Oh, this is, this is really my pleasure. Uh, just let me introduce you real quick. For those of you who don't know you yet, Christina, she is a licensed marriage and family therapist in California. She specializes in OCD and anxiety treatment. She has been in mental health for 10 years and she founded Mastering OCD monthly membership to help anyone who has OCD globally. And she has an affordable access to ERP training with weekly group calls. She holds to answer any and all questions. How beautiful is that? <laughs> so much for being with us today. I'm, I'm so, so excited. And and we've been we've been trying to make this call happen for quite some time now. <laughs> yes, definitely. I'm glad it all worked out. Oh, me too. Me too. I'm so happy to to have you and uh, to have you here with us. And so, yeah, share with us just a little bit. The first thing that I really like to ask you is uh, if you can just give us a little bit backstory about what brought you to your specific career path. Yeah, so um, I actually was trying to figure out what I wanted to do or dedicate my life to. And I jumped around a lot from like being a hostess and trying to sell flowers, working at a like a game shop um, where people were actually creating games and nothing was speaking to me. And I volunteered for something called Challenge Day and <laughs> the high school and there was a mix of kids and the way that this program worked they kept challenging everybody to what they call drop the water line. So, so dropped this whole concept that people have where they put up fronts and masks and kind of, you know, act very like this on the outside, but on the inside, there's a lot happening. Yeah. And for one special moment, this kid who basically was a bully um, was there. And after all the different exercises, he got up and he went right for the kid that he bullied and started apologizing to him. And said, you know, I never knew that this is how much it impacted you. And I can't believe that, you know, that I did that. And I'm so sorry. And as I was watching all that, like literally I had little ants crawling up and down my, my whole body. And I thought, oh, my God, whatever this is, this is it. I have to do this. Wow. Um, and so that led me to uh, volunteer for San Francisco Suicide Prevention. And I started to do workshops all over the San Francisco Unified School District. Wow. And I had a lot of kids after my presentations come and share some heavy duty things. And I thought, okay, well, if this is happening, I guess I should get a degree. So that led me to get my master's degree in counseling psychology. And that's how I ended up there. Wow. Oh my God. I, I actually didn't, didn't see that coming. Uh, <laughs> that, that is very inspiring. Wow. <laughs> how, how long have you been doing that? Well, all in all for 10 years. So from the time I started volunteering to then um, I asked to run the youth program. So I started helping run the youth program and then went to get my master's degree. And from there on worked at other locations and settings to get my hours and get my license. And yeah. And so that all in all, the whole journey has been a 10 year journey so far. Wow. That's amazing. 
Yeah. And, and I also would like to ask you, because OCD for me, it's just, uh, I, I gotta, I gotta be honest. I don't, I know what OCD is. I know that I have OCD, by the way, uh, in some, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. This is why I'm really excited to, to, you know, to, to understand because OCD for me is, uh, I got a friend that I, I used to, when we used to go out or just have, uh, you know, I don't know, sit in a restaurant, he used to, um, like organize the things on the table in straight lines. And he always told me that this is OCD, like having everything organized like perfectly. And when, when he, let's say if we had two pens and I would go like this, you know, just, just shift it. And it's not like co completely balanced. He would flip up, like stop it. I cannot. So this is my take on OCD. Explain yeah. to us what is OCD and what is not. Yeah, you know, honestly, I'm so glad you started with that because that's literally something I talk about all the time. So one of the most common misunderstandings is, so what you see in the media, in movies, shows, anything, it's always portraying that, um, like if I ask anybody, the general you know, populace that I work with, always they say first things are, I don't wash my hands a uh, hundred times, so I don't have OCD, or I don't have issues with germs, or I'm not into lining things up. Those are the top three things you always hear, right? Yeah. Uh, or I have people tell me, well, I'm OCD, or aren't we all a little OCD? So here's the thing. So OCD is an anxiety disorder and it's a neurobiological disorder. So there is a very distinct difference when somebody does something because it's a preference, because I like it that way, that's something I just prefer, like I maybe prefer to have all black hangers in my closet, okay? That could be a preference, because I just, to me, visually maybe it looks neat and clean and I like that. That's a preference. Versus when if I don't have, let's say, for, for whatever reason, all black hangers and, and something's off, that then you feel there's a consequence, like my day is going to fall apart, um, my life is going to be over, um, you know, there's then the, or there's no point to life if it's not all done exactly the way I need to. So OCD is a neurobiological disorder. Okay. It's a doubting disease. So you're constantly, your brain is constantly producing a lot of fear and doubt thoughts, and they're very intrusive. They're not something you control or that you want. It, they just, these intrusions just pop right in. It triggers your flight and fight response. And so what happens is internally, there's like an alarm system that's going off. So when you're having some intrusive content paired with a physiological reaction in your body, you feel like there's a threat, something's off, something's wrong. And so typically, in fact, if you were in a situation where there was a threat, you would need to do something about it. But right. in OCD brain, it's in what we call an OCD threat. So you, for that moment in time, can just are not able to really decipher or tell the difference. Like, is this really something that's terrible, that that's going to result in some big consequence, or is it not? And mm -hmm. so the fact that it, it could potentially lead to that consequence, it just feels so um, intense that a person will engage in repetitive behaviors, and that's what compulsions are, in an attempt to neutralize their anxiety, and they're trying to mitigate the danger. So they're, they're trying to prevent that bad thing from happening, that their brain says could happen. And that's really what OCD comes down to. So when people say things like, we're all a little OCD, well, no, we're not. Or, you know, I think everybody has some compulsions. Well, no, we all have some repetitive behaviors we do, sure. 
Um, every human being has some intrusive thoughts that pop in, but for a person without OCD, they can re recognize fairly quickly. You know, if I had some random intrusive thought, it's like, oh, okay, well, that was garbage thinking. Eh, not a big deal. You can toss it and you move on. The OCD yeah. person's brain doesn't, that, that communication loop, if you will, do, it doesn't close. So they're not able to just move on um, because they're sitting there. Now they're doubting, they're unsure. So it's, it's a lot of uncertainty they're dealing with. Well, is this true? Could it be true? Will it happen? Won't it happen? What are the likelihood? Um, so there's a lot of behaviors, like I said, they engage in to try to figure that out without knowing or understanding that those behaviors that they're using that normally might work for an OCD person, they don't work. And they, in fact, perpetuate the cycle and they, and they really strengthen that OCD cycle. So this is why I tell people we're not all a little OCD. And so in the instance of your friend, you know, because I've had people say things like, well, I like to keep my things clean. I'm like, okay, but if you like to keep it clean, it sounds more like a preference to me. There's, do you have anxiety with it? Do you have some sort of a fear around it? What if you didn't keep it clean? Do you, what, what's the consequence that you think would happen? Um, and for people who just like it, well, I just wouldn't like it. I'm like, right. So not liking it sounds more like a preference. Maybe you're a type A person, who knows? Um, but that's in essence a big um, key distinction about what OCD is. And there's just a lot of misunderstanding because you see people do some behaviors mm -hmm. And I think the media, you know, sometimes has made jokes about it or whatever. And so I think there's a lot of, you know, misunderstanding about it. Um, you know, similarly, just like, you know, if somebody has cancer, you don't say, well, we're, we're, we're all we're all a little cancer. We all have a little cancer. Right. You don't say that. No. If somebody has depression or trauma, you don't say, well, we all you know, we're all a little depressed. I mean, yeah, sometimes we have low moods. But to be clinically depressed or considered clinically depressed, you have to meet certain criteria. Right. Uh, so same thing for trauma, same thing for OCD. Wow, that was the best uh, um, <laughs> definition. And yeah, you just, now I feel like I understand it <laughs> way better. Good. Good. I, I mean, I really try to keep it as simple and to the point as possible so that, you know, yeah. we're not overcomplicating, but that you can really grasp um, kind of what's going on. If I summarize it for me in like a, a sentence, let me know, t tell me if it, if it sounds correct to you um the way the way that i don't understand it it's that ocd is basically irrational fear from the unknown or something like that so it's not just from the unknown it's it's based it's so the way the ocd brain functions is the same for literally everybody no matter what color race creed or where you're from i mean mm -hmm. this is the most diverse population i've ever worked with i work with people from literally around the globe so mm -hmm. the process of how it works is the same how it manifests is highly individualized so there's different subtypes there's different topics if you will themes that your ocd will center on those themes it's not just about an fear of an unknown it's depending on what topic is important for you so whatever you specifically value most what's most like for me it's really important that i'm a good person i'm a good friend my brain will start to produce intrusive content around uh, doubts and fears about, you know, did I do something right or, or did I upset somebody or, you know, are they mad at me or um, am I a good therapist or did I do that session well? And so it's not just your standard, you know, moments of being a little bit insecure or unsure. It's where you're, you're getting bombarded with these intrusive thoughts 
Um, and again, because it's paired with a physiological reaction, you just, you have a hard time deciphering between what's going on here, but it is an anxiety disorder. It's not an impulse control disorder. Okay. Thank right. you for clarifying. Yeah. yeah. So it's a doubting disease at the center of the hallmark. It's a doubting disease, fear-based and anxiety. Wow. And how, what is your recommendation on how to deal with fear when fear creeps in? Well, I mean, OCD fear is different than any kind of general, let's say, fear. If we're talking about general fears, I mean, honestly, all in all, the best thing to do is, one, try to understand what are the different triggers for that fear, right? Like, are, is, what are the thoughts? What are, what are the things happening in your environment? And then once you understand that and kind of what is the typical behavior you want to engage in to try to make sure that that fear doesn't happen or that you're trying to get over it. You want to basically create an assessment to understand it. Once mm -hmm. you do that assessment, then you want to say, okay, this is this again for general fear. Then you want to say, okay, what are some steps I can take and kind of create like a hierarchy, like a step-by-step -step process from, you know, small to medium steps to bigger steps that you can start to take towards um, breaking that fear. Um, for some people, again, everybody's different. Some people are willing to feel more discomfort than not, so they can they take bigger steps. For some people, they have more fear, so maybe they need to take smaller steps. But the whole point is that you you break it down and you take some sort of a step forward because every step you take, you build a little more confidence when you see that you you got through it, and so it, it builds on your confidence level, it builds builds on your motivation level, and so then you're more likely to take the next step and the next step and the next step. Beautiful. Beautiful. So simple. I love it. You really simplify that. I do. I'm telling you, I'm a really big fan of simplifying big concepts because in general for humans, um, I think you and I both also did some training, some similar trainings. And I think we both learned that the principle of, you know, people do, you know, I, I can hear thing one, thing two, thing three, and then the rest is just blah, right? So you have to keep it really simple and focused and something that your brain can actually grab onto. If it's overly complicated, you're not gonna remember it and then it's useless. I, I agree 100% and my mentor, Bob Proctor always says, he uses the KISS method. And the KISS method is just keep it simple, stupid. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Funny, <It's> middle school. <laughs> <laughs> right, and when it's simple, again, like I totally understood you and, and Again, when we see the three letters OCD, everybody just interpret these three letters differently. And, and you really hit the nail on the head here. And it's just beautiful. I love it. I'm glad to hear that because the thing is, it is a disorder, you know. And the other thing is, like any disorders, you know, you have kind of varying degrees. You, you can have low level of intensity and severity. So those people might not even ever really seek any treatment out because it's it doesn't really impact or impair their day-to-day -day functioning or, or you know whatever they're doing. It's it's very low level, if anything. Some people start to go to more moderate level of intensity and then you can have severe. So you kind of want to understand where are you on that spectrum. Mm -hmm. um, so at any point, things can move to a higher or lower level. So if something suddenly does get more intense, you at least want to know and understand what OCD actually is so you can recognize yourself in it. And like I said, there's a lot of different themes. Um, I have a podcast that covers, I think, at, at least 18 or 19 different subtypes of OCD. Wow. Oh, my God. Now that like it's just contamination or lining things up, you have relationship OCD, harm OCD, 
Um, you have sexual orientation OCD, pedophile OCD, responsibility OCD, just right OCD. I mean, those are just some. Oh my um, God. Yeah, so there's a lot more nuances and a lot more to it than you know just what the media portrays and what you know I think people understand so far about it. Wow, I know. I think that I got food OCD because maybe or I just had food OCD because I did not eat fruits and vegetables till I was like a few years ago. I just couldn't. But was there some fear around it or? Uh, you had like, it, ate it that something bad would happen. Nothing bad would happen. I just, I don't know. I just try. I didn't want to try. Like all the time, my parents told me, like, try. I don't want to. Like, and I'm not allergic or something. I will just, I didn't want to. But again, I don't want to is like a preference, right? That's that's more a preference. OCD is not a preference. OCD, it's you feel an intense urgency and need and desperation because your brain is giving you a lot of faulty messages. Got it. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. Um, now I wanted to ask you, what is your favorite book? Because you seem like it seems like we read the same book, but but you have a whole other you know dimension that you. you so I really want to get inside your head, and the I, best the best way to get inside people's head is just what is your favorite book? Um, my gosh, right now off the top of my head, I don't even know exactly. Um. What are you currently reading? You know, funny, I actually have it right here, but this is totally a different topic. It's called The Gaslight Effect. Um, and I've been reading it just because some people I work with are having issues around um, kind of styles of communication that are manipulative. And like gaslighting is one style or passive aggressiveness, things like that. So. Um, I've been reading this book and studying it and working through some things with it with some clients. So that's like the most up in my mind right now. Um, but I do also like Think and Grow Rich and I actually have to go and reread that book. Um, and then right now, the other book, actually, it's not even a book. It's actually Art Before Breakfast. So it, it's like a little, little like quotes and then it tells you like little prompts to sit down and start to draw or sketch something because I really wanted to get my creative brain um, engaged a little bit more. So I try to at least once or twice a week sit down and do that. That's amazing. <laughs> amazing. And Think and Grow Rich. I, uh, as you probably know, I have a Think and Grow Rich online. This is a, a mastermind that I've created. And uh, this book, effect, how did this book affect your life? What, what you got out of it? Because everybody takes something from this book. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it has to do with mindset and literally like the blocks that you have. And, you know, funny enough, today I was driving and I was listening to a podcast. And one of the things they were saying, and I forget exactly what podcast it was, but um, the concept that struck me is they were saying, you know, you might want to think bigger, broader, more. And I kind of was like, huh. And I thought, wow, yeah, wait a minute. Like, right. Like I've, I've thought as far as, for example, creating this, creating this membership I created, right? And then I witnessed my own brain go into a little bit of this kind of shutdown, lockdown mode and getting a little bit scared and getting nervous and thinking, oh, forget it, just stop. And I kind of thought, wow, wait a minute. No, 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 don't go smaller. What if you go bigger and, and go broader? And so having to you know, pivot my own mindset and think, okay, well, wait a minute. What if you start to imagine, you know, your membership, you know, expanding or growing or getting more, getting this training that's so needed to more people, have it be even more accessible. Um, and suddenly just even with that small 
you know, conscious, deliberate pivoting that I did, my brain started to open up and started to see other possibilities. And so that's one of, I think, the biggest takeaways is, you know, what you can, if you can imagine it and see it, right, your brain and your being will find a way you'll start to hear things differently. You'll start to catch things differently. You'll even start to maybe even reread some stuff, but suddenly something will land differently. So that's been an experience that I've been in. And that's what I just said. I feel like I want to reread the book again because I think it's important to reread things. <laughs> By the way, I'm, I'm smiling because I know for a fact that you understand the book. Yeah. I know for a fact that you got that, that you got it. And first of all, I see that you implemented in your own life, uh, by your results and by everything that you're doing. And now what you just said, just affirm that you got it. It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Not that you need this, my affirmation, but, but you know, it's always, oh, nice. it's always, I think it's always awesome when you have two people who are on that same wavelength and really kind of connect and get it. I actually really I, that. I love it. Everything you said, I was like, Oh my God, I love her so much. Like, <laughs> This, this is the level of conversation that I really enjoy having. Um, it's just, uh, I don't know, it's just so, so amazing. And, um, and, and, I with you. and to be honest, I try to tie some of these concepts even when I do the work that I do because, you know, I think sometimes as humans, we tend to get stuck in the humanness and we forget that we just have so much capacity and ability and sometimes when you have a debilitating disorder, you you know you can also let that take over and really takes your joy away, right? I mean, mm -hmm. I've seen people literally give up on their passions and careers because of it. And so helping to kind of bring you back and open back up, it's been really magical and beautiful, you know, to see people go after their dreams again and and, and live again and beautiful into life. It's like, yeah, you have this life, mate. Like, live it, you know. <laughs> This is, uh, uh, you do a very sacred job. I, I love it. Um, especially with people that like, you know, I don't know if it's to say, cl not closed-minded, but something like in their mind, closed, closed. Yeah. Exactly. Open, you just open their mind and it's, wow, it's beautiful. It's it beautiful. is. It is. It's there, I mean, honestly, it's nothing more powerful for me than when I see when you help a to get a person to that place when things kind of click and they start to get it. And then you, you can mm. see the shift and there's an, and yeah, exactly like you said, there's selling this opening and selling oh, the, they see the possibilities and you can see they're feeling like they can get freedom again. I mean, it makes me want to cry every single time. This is what I wanted to ask you. Have you cried? <laughs> oh, I cried. I really cry with my clients. Oh, we, we, me and my clients will both say, like, oh, thank you. I'm like, oh my God, thank you that you trusted me. Ah, like, we, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's real. And I love it. That's real. Oh, it's very real. It is very real. Yeah. So, yeah. Because you know why, why we you know if 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 something touches the inside just, just cry it's all good exactly and I and again with this work I, you know a big part of as a behavioral therapist that I love is that you know you get to really show up even for me as a therapist just also as me like I I mean I get to be with people professionally but also as me and who I am so so we have real connections real conversations everything's genuine and because my whole thing is look. We're either going to do this or we're not, right? And to do this, that means I have to show up in a way where you can see and trust, right? Because if you don't, if you don't trust me and don't don't see that I can help you, then 
it's not going to work, right? Because then you're, you're going to be holding back and really kind of too far away from me, right? Versus if I can come to you with open arms and say, hey, this is who I am and this is what the work will look like and let me walk you through the steps and how does that sound? I mean, I, I know for me, if somebody came at me like that, I'd be like, okay, I'm in. You know, if you resonate for me, I'm in. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Um, and I wanted to ask you also, what is uh, what are your success rituals? What are like your morning routine, the things that, yeah. You mean for me personally? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, well, one thing that I have implemented to make sure that I'm in a good state um, is working out literally five days a week. So um, I've been doing that since May. Mm. So that's something that is definitely critical. Um, also, recently, I decided to completely stop um, even having a glass of wine. Um, and so making sure that I'm really getting my full rest. Mm. Um, and then also making sure that I'm really balancing things. So it's not just always in work mode, because I personally can definitely get sucked into work mode. Um, but it's equally as important. And I'm sure to have time for play because the energy of being creative and playing it's actually extremely rejuvenating and it actually really lends to my success overall so i definitely make sure that i schedule that in and that can be anything whether i suddenly have, have some creative idea um for something that i want to like create or generate or whether it's literally like drawing a little bit um even though sometimes i want it to be all perfect but on the christina it doesn't have to be perfect just doodle something <laughs> come on girl <laughs> sometimes you kick yourself a little bit in the butt you know yeah um, cooking, you know, things like that. So I'd like to mix it up um, so that I'm actually really feeding the, all the different parts of myself. And I'm also very spiritual. So I have an ancestor altar. So I also ensure that, um, you know. That was my next question, but yeah, oh. go on. <laughs> <laughs> We are on point and vibing. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> so I'm spiritual and I have my ancestor altar. So that's also another aspect that you know, lends to my success. I, I, for me, at least, to my success, because it's really important for me. That's actually the core of my essence. And so making sure that I do, like, today's November 2nd, and in, in Mexican culture is considered the Day of the Dead. It's the day you honor those who've passed, your ancestors. So, like, this is a day for me that I absolutely, like, I give, I give them offerings, like, my ancestors. I'm Ukrainian, so, you know, vodka. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, or some sort of a little dish, traditional little you know dish growing up that I would have and I'd offer it or flour. So it's kind of like that reciprocal energy of, um, you know, being grateful because I'm standing on their shoulders, right? So, you know, making sure that I honor that, um, you know, so sometimes that means I'm either meditating or I might just be sitting with them and kind of just letting myself free float and fantasize or think whatever, or other times I'll really direct my, my energy and um, really focus on gratitude. Or like I said, other times it's really just mindful breathing or meditation. So kind of let myself have that flow and make sure that I give myself that outlet. Um, and so I'd say those are kind of my things. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, sometimes when I talk about spirituality, um, I really like to talk, when I talk about spirituality, I really do believe that it doesn't really matter what you believe in. You know, you can believe in whatever you want, Jesus, God, Allah, whatever you want, as long as you believe in something that is higher than you. Uh, yeah, so I just wanted to, to, to say that because spirituality is such a broad uh, subject 
Uh, I really like to narrow it down, and I, I like I really love uh, your take. By the way, what do you believe in? You believe in the universe, in your inner being. Uh, you know, I so belief or not, but I, I mean, I think if we just look at this world and how everything is, everything is energy. It's energetic exchange, right? Mm. You look at this world, you look. There's day and there's night. There's yin, there's yang. There's good, there's bad, right? Any given moment, like right this very second. Okay, somebody's getting raped or killed or married or being intimate with their partner or giving birth. All of that is coexisting right in the second, right? Well, your mind to think about it, yeah. But I mean, when you really kind of pause for a second and connect, it's like, yeah, right now, both light and and you know things that aren't that great are all happening at the same time. I mean, that that's the thing on this planet, and everything is energetic exchange, everything. So with that in mind, you know, that's really where I come from. So you give to receive, you receive, you give, right? It's, it's that constant flow. Yeah. So that's, that's really what it comes down to for me. Um, I've been somebody who's, you know, in travels, I've met um, different people. I've met priestesses, priests, shamans, Reiki practitioners, astrologers, tarot card readers. So, you know, with different people I've interacted with, there's also different pieces that I was really drawn to or something just resonated so intensely with me. So I would, bring it home to me. And that's how I created my own sacred space um, because it's really just my own unique, again, what I was drawn and attracted to. So I have a mix of different things. It's very eclectic in that way. Um, and all it comes down to at the end of the day, though, it's it's the essence, the core, it's energy. So it's, 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 you know, really being completely open and really connecting, you know, like us humans, we sometimes have moments, every human has had this when you just intuit something, you feel something. Right. Or those moments where like you think about somebody, boom, they call you like, oh, I was just thinking of you. Yeah. Right. And we all have those. It's just if you choose to, you can work on that and amplify it and then really consciously, deliberately cultivate it or not. I'm somebody that happened to be drawn to it and have been cultivating it over a very long time at this point. So it's it's a really like I said, it's a core part of who I am. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's why even in the realm of psychology, humanistic psychology is one of my foundational pieces. Behavioral psychology is one of my foundational pieces and um, humanistic and that and, and um, um, oh my gosh, I just forgot the word. But there's a spiritual school of psychology um, that also is part of my kind of understanding. Mm. So, um, you know, yeah, I think yep. that's is and that's what I believe and that's what I also see and I mean it's been proven and shown a hundred thousand times over and and I think also if you look at the universe I think it's kind of foolish to think this here this little thing is the only thing you have I mean this is a tiny little speck in the planet like this tiny little speck in the universe and galaxy and we can't we don't even have the capacity to go that far so it's like pfft, it's you know? drop, drop in the ocean right oh my gosh yeah, exactly. So, you know, <laughs> I never thought about it like that. Like I'm aware of the quantum field and, and I learned a little bit about quantum physics. But now that you mentioned that, like that everything happens now, like it's just crazy. You know, in the quantum field, there are there is a lot of possibilities around us. But now that you mentioned like things that's going on right now, like it's just, it's so overwhelming and it's so like it makes you feel good because you feel like i don't know like it makes me feel good let's make me feel like okay i'm by the way i really believe in the butterfly effect mm -hmm. that i truly believe 
and the butterfly effect. So when I think about the whole universe and me even just talking to you right now, like something within that contributes to the human tissue, you know? So mm-hmm. it just blows my mind. We just, like, like I can think about this topic for days, you know? Oh, yeah, there's so much to talk about and discuss here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Transpersonal psychology. I knew I was going to remember it. That's the other school of psychology. <laughs> you know how it is. You I sit like two seconds later, like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy that you remember that now and not just when we that, finish. Yeah, but that's what you study in transpersonal psychology. You're, you're talking about all the different, you know, not just religious studies, but spiritual and, and meditation and mindfulness and energy and butterfly effects and all of that kind of stuff and different parallel universes and i mean there's so much stuff too if you want to go down that rabbit hole oh, yeah. uh, to uncover and think about and kind of you know as you know you can choose to accept pieces of it or all of it or reject it or whatever you you want to do that's you know up to each person exactly exactly Wow, this is this is so much fun. Um, <laughs> and, and let me know. By the way, are you working on any exciting new project now? So I really, um, I have my my podcast, um, OCD Whisperer podcast, and then I have my membership, the Mastering OCD monthly membership. Um, so those are the two things that I'm really focusing on, and then I have a part time private practice. So for now, that's kind of it. But in the future, I want to create an ebook. Um, for what's very specific topic for OCD folks, because it's something that I notice keeps coming up and there's not a lot of training around it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll be doing that. Um, and then, um, an e-course. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. I, uh, by the way, I really love your mission and, uh, and I love the, I love your energy and, um, just amazing how we connect. And I believe that everybody that's watched us today, you today, Really, really enjoyed because um, you got such a beautiful energy. It's just oh, amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah, this is really my pleasure. Uh, before we wrap up for today, where do people, where can people find you online? Um, you go to uh, my website and www.coreresultsresults.com. Um, and that website will have a link to my podcast, to the membership. Um, a way to contact me and we'll talk a little bit more about OCD and things like that. So that would be um, the primary place. Or if you want to go to iTunes, you can just go and look up OCD Whisperer Podcast. Beautiful. And I think that I put the link in the description of the video. Awesome. So also on YouTube, on Facebook, people can uh, can just click and just go and uh, yeah, check it out. Thank you so much. Beautiful. Christina, thank you so much. That was absolutely delight. I really enjoyed that. <laughs> it really was awesome. Thank you so much, Foz. I really appreciate this. It's my pleasure. Thank you. And thank everybody for watching us today. And I will see you again next time. Bye. Bye-bye.